the depravity of man was on full display this week and that's what we're going to talk about welcome in this is religionless christianity i'm your host spencer this is my lovely wife nikki hello and thank you so much for joining us and before we start diving in this is kind of our end of the week you know news roundup kind of looking at the big stories of the week as we see them so is there anything you'd like to say before we dive in oh just prayer requests just kind of the everyday stuff it just wears on you after a while you know just uh, you just feel defeated as a parent, you know, <laughs> that comes, sneaks up, sneaks up on you sometimes. Just, I don't know, kind of gets me down. I really need uh, wisdom from God. Oh, I know you do too. <laughs> Not just for me. <laughs> I do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, hard raising four kids. You you're a really good parent and then I come home from work and I'm like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, please pray for us. We have four kids. And it doesn't matter, even lot. if it was one kid. It's not about the number. It's just realizing, I don't know, that you can't control them. You just say all the right things. You think you do all the right things, and you're like, oh, they're their own person. I can't control them. Yeah. Like, we're going <laughs> to teach them about Jesus, and they're going to love it. No. <laughs> yeah, so please pray for us. Pray for me. I'm getting ready to leave for a week. So Nikki will be holding this show down by herself. I should be back for Saturday's episode. Um, there may be more Mars Hill, or she may just decide to go and do her own thing, which will probably be more beneficial to us than anything Mars Hill can provide. But we'll see, whatever she feels like doing. And then we'll come back with the god-awful news of the week on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, just pray for me, safety and all that good stuff. And... Uh, this weekend is uh, in our household, and we hope in yours, Reformation Day is on Sunday, I believe. Mm-hmm. So um, the day that Martin Luther nailed the 95 theses to supposedly nailed them to the church door at Wittenberg. And uh, we may, I'm going to try to have something out on Sunday, at least a little um, short episode about sort of Martin Luther and kind of this faith that most of us claim to hold to, this Protestant mm-hmm. faith. Uh, you know, we've talked just recently when we did our, you know, should Christians celebrate Halloween episode, and we don't think you should. We think there's a far better holiday to celebrate on October 31st, that being Reformation Day. So we'll try to have that out on Sunday if, you know, we got the time. Because I think it's worthwhile to look back on. I just started reading... <laughs> Eric Metaxas's book on Martin Luther. He's the one who wrote the book on Dietrich Bonhoeffer that um, I really loved. Uh, one of my favorite books I've ever read. Set us on the course of this podcast and really changed my faith reading about Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And I'm sure Martin Luther will be just as good. <laughs> I know so. it's kind of funny just comparing, you know, the two days you could observe on the 31st. Like one should be about the fear of God. But we celebrate, you know, fear that we shouldn't, things we shouldn't be afraid of, and we're entertained by those kinds of things. I don't know what it is about fear. Like, people seek to be scared, but nobody's caring to fear God. Just funny, like, comparing those. 
And again, that was basically the main reason why we came down to the fact of we shouldn't celebrate it is simply because, I mean, well, there's a lot of reasons to not celebrate it, but the big one being there is such a better holiday to celebrate. Mm -hmm. And not that, you know, Martin Luther is some kind of an idol or anything like that, but just the idea that this faith we all, you know, hold to, we don't, we don't acknowledge at all yeah. in this country, which is very bizarre. So, but mm -hmm. it being holiday. Halloween weekend, it seems fitting with the news that we were looking at. And that's why we decided to kind of go with the depravity of man being on full display, obviously not just this week. I mean, it's been ongoing mm -hmm. now for quite some time. And um, in that vein, I wanted to go back to last week with a story that I don't know if we talked about, but if we did, we've just glanced over it. And I just think it deserves readdressing. And that being um, the story of Dr. Rachel Levine, if you guys are familiar with that. But it's, uh, I got this from the NPR, and of course, everything we linked down in the description. But it says here, Dr. Rachel Levine is sworn in as the nation's first transgendered four-star officer. And don't want to belabor too much, because I don't know too much about Dr. Levine. And honest to God, I don't. I didn't even know that this was like a admiral general position because she's works for the public health service commission corps, which I didn't even know was a thing, but apparently it's enough of a thing to classify her as the first four-star admiral mm. in our nation. And I think why this is a story to touch on, um, is just the idea of sort of the depravity of the nation and the leadership that we have in this nation. Like, and however you feel about transgendered people, um, we certainly feel remorse for them that you would go through this sort of struggle, but we believe it's a sin. We do believe it's something that God can heal, heal mm -hmm. you from, or, you know, it's perfectly okay for Christians to struggle. Um, you know, that's a stance that we have that I don't know that too many people really accept anymore that if you have this homosexual lifestyle, it's okay to struggle with that and not give into it, even yeah. to the point of that means you don't get to have sex, like loving mm -hmm. God and doing what's right in his eyes is more important than you satisfying a desire yeah. being tempted with a certain sin. That's, you know, a worse sin than somebody who's tempted to gossip. like the temptation itself isn't giving into sin. Like that's not wrong to be tempted. Like we all struggle with different kinds of um, temptations. Yeah. And it should, um, you know, draw you back to God, right? Cause he'll give you the strength to stand. So, you know, we're not necessarily, you know, speaking down because this is something else we always get. It's like, Oh, you're not loving because you tell people when they're doing something wrong in your eyes. Like, no, it is loving to tell them when you do when you think they're doing something wrong, because what's the point of reading scripture and knowing mm -hmm. any of it if you don't actually go, hey, man, like the Bible says you shouldn't do that. Oh, what do you mean? You're not loving me like so you always get that nonsense <laughs> and that pushback. But that's not our point here. But our point is more just on a national level of where this country is and to think about. And this is why it struck me, because I was just driving around thinking about this story and it came to my mind like. Think how insane it is for our nation to promote this transgendered, he's a man mm -hmm. to a woman, to a four-star general, 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, this guy literally gets up every single day, born a man, looks in the mirror, and the first thought that he has that day is, I'm a woman. Like, that's the first thought that he has that goes through his brain. And then the rest of the day, like, is just follow-on thoughts. And I was like, man, if that's the first thought and you're willing to just go with that and accept it and demand that other people accept it too, like, I mean, you trust the rest of their decisions. Right. That they're equally unsound. And it seems like they're, um, like it's a mental illness. And it's like, do you want someone with who is confused in that way <laughs> to have that kind of position? Yeah, I mean, because sure, right now it's the Public Service Commission Corps or whatever, which I don't even know what it is. Don't know really how much authority or anything it has, but like, I think we can read, like readily acknowledge that we're not very far away from this being something that you might see in the army or the navy, where these people that have immense authority and immense amounts of power to do things that they're confused and not in the right state mentally. Mm -hmm. And I mean, granted, we're all a little bit crazy and everything, right? But like, you know, and I know, I mean, it's uncool. It's not, you know, loving and popular to say that that's a mental illness, but that's the way we feel, Um, you know, and just not even for, Rachel Levine specifically, because he's trying to do the best that he can, or she's trying to do the best that she can and whatever, but for a nation and a a government to look at that and be like, that is the most qualified person we have for the job. But they care more about being more inclusive than someone actually being qualified or most qualified. Yeah. And because it's not even loving, like, Because now this is just even further entrenches Dr. Levine into this line of thinking that he's a woman. Mm -hmm. Like he's even less likely to repent and come back to God from that. Because now this is his identity. His identity has even more been cemented in the fact that like, I am the first transgender. Like I can't walk that back now. Like, right. So our government in an even more depraved way has like further entrenched this man, woman in their sin. And mm-hmm. it's just, That's it's true. awful. And, um, you know, mm. Rachel Levine's soul is in peril because of it. And, you know, our government is perfectly comfortable with that because it gets them political points and yep. um, scores them some victories with, you know, their Twitterazzi uh, mobs and stuff. And I just think it's terrible. Um, you know, and again, we're going to be called unloving for this. That's fine. You know, we we want to see Dr. Levine um, come back to live in the life that God designed for them in a manner that God sees as mm-hmm. right. And again, that doesn't mean you're struggle free. It doesn't mean that he may not still struggle with the gender identity the rest of his life. But there's nothing wrong with the struggle. Right. It's when you give into the struggle and you know, you accept that you know more than God and God messed up. I should really be a woman. Like now you're placing yourself above God in that sense. And Mm -hmm. that's the sin that separates you. And I don't know Rachel Levine's supposed spiritual status, but I mean, I would certainly question it based on that. And yeah, it's just acknowledging 
that your struggle, um, you give that up to God. Like you said, it's not the struggle that's the problem. And that could be something people struggle with their whole lives. Yeah, and that's perfectly but acceptable. But not giving into it and confessing that it's a sin, um, then you're okay. It's acknowledging that it's a sin and that you know your weaknesses and that you need God to be your strength to not give in. But just because you identify or have a hard time even um, not I- identifying as the opposite gender. Like, I don't understand that, how that's going on in your head where you really think that way and maybe i mean i mean it's sad for sure it is a sad thing it's satan working you know and essentially getting dominion in your mind mm -hmm. and i think that's a message that our churches and i've never heard it in my entire life 30 what probably 31 years of being you know able to understand what's being said to me in church the idea that people will tell you Christianity is not fair. You may be dealt a harder sin to deal with than somebody else. You may be dealt a tougher hand, but it doesn't make a difference. Like, you know, to tell somebody here that, hey, you know what, if you are given into a gender identity crisis, a homosexual crisis, you still can't give into it. And again, mm-hmm. even to the point where you may have to say, hey, man, you, you can't have sex. Like, you can't give into that desire if you're only drawn in an immoral way. Yeah, that's super unfair. Because mm-hmm. a lot of other people, you know, don't have to deal with such a weighty sin. But that doesn't mean that you mm-hmm. have a free pass to give into your sin. Whereas if somebody else's sin is just gossip or gambling, yeah, they still have to bite their tongue, they still have to fight that gossip spirit every day. And it doesn't mean that they can mm-hmm. just go, oh, well, yeah, I gossip, but it's really hard for me not to. You can't just say that's who I am. Your desires alone, your temptations are not who you are. Like, we're all born into sin. Like, our nature is to sin. That's what we're born into. But it's not who you are. Like, you are not the thing you're tempted to do. No, I mean, this is why, I mean, Jesus tells us to bear our cross. Like, pick up your sin, pick up your temptation, your struggles, Mm -hmm. right? And follow him. He doesn't tell you that. You, don't, you aren't going to have a cross to bear anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just tells you to pick it up, like get to work, follow him. So this is a sad story, and it doesn't like make us happy to bring it up. It just, you know, I think it's more um, despicable for our government to do something like this than it is for Dr. Levine, because they're just doing, you know, what they think, you know, they should be doing and stuff like that. It's more from the outside that's entrenching them in these sinful lifestyles so um just a sad story and um i just thought in a fitting sort of way you know as dr levine is being lifted to um you know the highest heights they can at the same time um twitter is suspending republican congressman accounts because they uh dared to call rachel levine a man instead of a woman so, you know, if you want to know who our country's really run by, you can't say anything without also including Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg from Twitter and Facebook, or Meta, as Facebook is now uh, <laughs> officially known as. So, 
which is good because it's good to know that really smart people like Mark Zuckerberg can come up with really stupid names for businesses. Is it supposed um, to be meta? Metaverse. It's the metaverse. It's all things encompassing. Um, But yeah, so (sighs) Republican Jim Banks of Indiana was suspended from Twitter. Um, You know, you're not allowed to have free thought on Twitter. Come on. Like they just froze the account. Uh, they yeah. they did whatever they do to suspend people. And on that note, I kind of made the decision. We're really going to try to push to move all of our videos um, to rumble and get off of YouTube. We may, I don't know, may still post on it. I probably not. We'll see. Um, and then, you know, slowly walk away from Twitter and go more towards parlor and Facebook. We'll have to see to find a way, an alternate route for mm-hmm. that as well. Um, but at least for now to start moving away from these more godless platforms, you know, YouTube's the easy one, just because we don't really have a big, you know, footprint there. And then Twitter, and then we'll find something for Facebook, and we'll start adding in those um, links down in the show notes so you guys can find us there, um, you know, before we get banned from Twitter. It's oh, the old, uh, you can't fire me, I quit mentality so that's what we're going for yeah um but then if you thought depravity couldn't get any worse you forgot dr fauci still works for our government and um in the latest news that we heard this week and we got this from the new york post you want to read that headline baby fauci under fire by beagle organization over alleged puppy experiments yeah, and this is pretty grotesque, um, especially yeah. if you're a dog. Even if you're not, a, if you're just a human with a heart, this is a pretty gross story. Um, hmm. duh, let me see. Yeah, it says uh, in a letter Wednesday to Fauci. Oh, you know this is a different story. Um, we'll try to have both stories linked. If you ha- aren't, but if you're not familiar, I'll try to summarize it. Basically. The National Institute for Health, I believe, which is under, I don't know, Dr. Fauci is like the head of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically got found out that they were doing experiments where they would take these beagles, which are beautiful little dogs, and they would basically They're stick their heads bees. in bags, these puppy beagles, like less than a year old. They would stick their heads in these bags and fill the bags with sand flies. I never knew what a sandfly was. I had to look it up, and I was like... Let me see if I can find the oh, real story real pretty, quick. It's pretty serious. Um, this one might be better. Yeah, here we go. It says, according to documents attained via Freedom Information Act request by taxpayers, um, October 2018 until February 2019, the NIAD... Um, which is like the National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Disease, mm. I think. Yeah. Spent $1.68 million in taxpayers, taxpayer funds on drug tests involving 44 beagle puppies. It said the White Coat Waste Project report claimed that the researchers locked the dogs in cages with hungry sandflies so that the insects could eat them alive. Um we never found out like what they were trying to. It says some of the pooches were also injected with disease-causing parasites, and also they would go so far as to 
cutting the vocal cords mm -hmm. of the beagles so that they couldn't bark and irritate the scientists. Um, and then in another story that was supposedly debunked, we don't know, this one may be a little more outrageous, but it said Dr. Fauci did not conduct, this is from Miss Bar, which I guess is like um, a fact check website, but it says, um, Dr. Fauci, the head of the NIAID, has been conducting secret experiments in which he transplanted the body parts of aborted fetuses onto rats. And they kind of go in there to say, like, no, this isn't really true. What he did was maybe use— It doesn't say that didn't happen. They just said that well, he, he says wasn't that involved. Well, he he used, like, aborted fetal cells and injected them into rats or something. So it wasn't like they were taking— aborted baby scalps necessarily and putting them on rats which is the way the story makes it sound but what i thought was interesting um is they say like this isn't true right and one of the justifications they give to like ensure you that it isn't true is down here it says um it says the text of these articles explained that the so-called experiments were conducted at the university of pittsburgh and it went on to make other outlandish statements, such as that Dr. Fauci funded the engineering of the coronavirus in a Chinese lab, <laughs> which is not an outlandish claim. He essentially funded the gain-of-function research that led to the creation of the coronavirus. Like, that's a true statement. So when you read something like this, where they try to make, make you believe something true is false, I'm like, I don't know, man. Maybe uh, Fauci actually did attach some aborted fetal scalps to— unbelievable. Yeah, the more you learn about Dr. Fauci, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Um, but this is just that depravity. And the reason we wanted to bring this story up, because me and Nikki have been having this talk. And, you know, you hear so often in the medical community and stuff, they're like, oh, it's a modern miracle. Mm -hmm. The vaccine is a modern miracle. And you're like, is like all of medicine and all of science is not some sort of miracle from God as we evolve and move further and, you know, like, because this is science, like, there, this is not some miracle from God that they mm -hmm. had sand flies eat a beagle's face off. No. That's not. And even the idea of a modern miracle is we're not cool with. Because a miracle from God is 100% effective every time, all the time. Mm -hmm. And medicine is not. Right. Like, right. And not all medicine is a blessing, you know, because we're going to come to the point very soon where we're going to be able to most likely extend human life well beyond God's designed 120 years, right? That's in the Bible mm -hmm. through the use of like bionics and, you know, uploading basically like hard drives to brains and all these sorts of things that are going to extend life to Crazy. the point where like, it's almost going to be a human version of the Tower of Babel. We're like, well, we can just become uh, eternal beings through the use of technology and like, yeah, that's not of God. So I don't know if people don't think that how easily God can just, you know, wipe everybody out. Like, no, you can't. <laughs> like, what if he? I know he's not going to send another flood, but you know, yeah. he's God. Like, I don't know why anybody could think well, that. Well, we better start preparing ourselves because uh, this world is getting wicked and depraved fast, and it seems to be speeding up. It does seem to be speeding up. Like, and, it's obvious. And look, we know Dr. Fauci did not personally do these experiments, right? We know that. But he's the director. That's his organization. Everything that happens in there 
is mm -hmm. Dr. Fauci's responsibility. Um, that's what comes with being this, you know, the head of an organization. You don't just get to accept all the good, which I mean, our politicians try to do, right? They accept all the good things. Then as soon as something bad happens, they're like, no, it was that guy. Like, nah, man, you were yeah. in charge, right? You know, you got to own this. So Dr. Fauci has to own this. And he's been proven to be a liar. You know, he lied this whole time about funding the coronavirus research at the Wuhan lab. Mm -hmm. And that's been proven to be a lie. He's been telling a lie this whole time. So why would we start believing him now? I um, don't know. That's his thing. That's what he does. He lies. He is a professional liar. And um, yeah, this story, again, not specifically about, I mean, we know Dr. Fauci's a liar. Um, but what's funny, too, is because I remember when COVID kicked off, and I'd, I'd never heard the name Dr. Fauci before, but I remember hearing people come on, and they're like, no, Dr. Fauci is the right guy. Like, just listen to him. No, we never heard of him advice, until this. Yeah. And he'll lead us, you know, to where we need to be. And now here you are, like, two years later, and you're like, how— are you no, they can't come out with the problem without, without the solution. Like, they came out together. Here's the problem. Oh, but we have the solution. Yeah. <laughs> and we also never heard about Jeffrey Epstein and Jelaine Maxwell anymore. As a side note. <laughs> I know I think about that, And all the uh, too. pedophile rings that are going on around the world. Right. So, coincidence. And also the Hong Kong protests seem to end pretty quickly in China once the coronavirus hit the street. So, that's our little conspiracy theory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just it's the depravity of the human heart. And as a Christian, we would encourage everybody like, and I still hear this all the time. Like people will still tell you that people are inherently good. Like, you know, people are inherently good. You know, not everybody's, you know, nat naturally evil or anything like, I don't There's know where no Christians good in get anybody. that. Yeah. You should all, unless Unless the person's name starts with a pastor in front of it, maybe then you can be less skeptical. But outside of that, everything should be on a wait and see basis. Like, this is the human heart. This is the human condition, depravity. And apart from God, like, there's nothing holding you back. Because for an atheist, there's nothing holding them back. What's the point? They're, hey, it's science, it's advancement, it's just a dog, it's natural selection. Like, yeah, why would they have compassion for anything? Yeah. So it's just evil. Um, and I think we need to start seeing, you know, at least looking at Dr. Fauci much more in that light of kind of being, an, <laughs> I mean, at least a very, um, I don't know the right word for it. I don't want to say necessarily evil. That's a really strong word, but um, certainly not godly in a lot of his dealings. You know, especially when you're willing to sit up in front of the whole world and just lie repeatedly. I mean, that's mm. if if you're a godly person, that would have to weigh on your soul, I would imagine. So yeah, no conviction. Um, Why would you have a conviction? Yeah. So, and then the last story that I wanted to touch on this week, um, just because it's in the realm of faith, though, and maybe it's maybe even perfect. This being Reformation Day coming up this weekend, and that comes from. Where did we get this from? The Washington, or no, this is uh, religiousnews.com. And it says, at the Vatican, Pope Francis and President Biden set time record for a meeting. So President Biden met with the Pope for a little sit down. And I know what you're probably thinking. 
This was the Pope's chance to really scold him on his stances for being pro-abortion, which the Catholic Church is so <laughs> vehemently opposed to. Uh, well, you would be wrong, my friend, because apparently that wasn't even brought up. Yeah. The Pope didn't even find time to bring up the leader of the free world's pro-abortion, pro-homosexual, LGBTQ, pro-racism, none of it. And you just wonder, like, why? Why don't um, people notice this? Did anybody hope that he would? And they're disappointed he didn't? Or do they care? I would say maybe lesser informed. Um, not that we're the most informed, but lesser informed people might be disappointed. But if you know anything about this pope, um, I don't think you're disappointed at all. It's probably well, no, much to be expected. Because <laughs> it does say down here in this little caption, it says, President Joe Biden left talks with Pope Francis as they met at the Vatican. The world's two most notable Roman Catholics planned to discuss the COVID-19 pandemic, climate change, and poverty. <laughs> so abortion, homosexual, LGBT, um, you know, fervor, I guess, and racism abounding problems. wasn't even on the docket. And then it goes on to say that President Biden left the meeting and said President or said that Pope considers him a good Catholic. Yeah, I guess he is a good Catholic. He'd be a bad Catholic if he, I don't know, cared about everything else. That he well, yeah, I mean, apparently about. in Pope, what is it, Pope Francis, right? That's his name? Pope Francis, mm -hmm. yeah. Apparently in Pope Francis's mind, to be a good Catholic, you, you can just do away with being um, pro-life. You can have all the abortions. He's down with it. Um, homosexuality, LGBTQ lifestyle. He's down with it. Because apparently the, the only thing he seems to care about is climate change, which is, again, also fitting since we just did an episode last Saturday where we talked about, I don't understand mm -hmm. the Christian like. Um, mm, yeah, that girl that had, had that whole. Yeah, like walk. super into being a, like a climate activist. Because you would assume the Pope has read the Bible and is aware of the way that the world ends and that climate change is not the reason. Right. Um, but again, he's more of an activist than a Pope. Yeah. So maybe he hasn't read the whole Bible. I don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously the Pope position has largely been an antichrist position for a long time. Again, going back to Martin Luther, uh, the founders of our faith. They all acknowledged that. That was the stance they held. Um, you know, as far back as, you know, we have a pope, we have more reform, reformer um, Christians that have been calling him out. John Huss, I believe. I mean, um, John Wesley, John, uh, John Kelvin, right? What's his name, John Kelvin? They were mm -hmm. all, you know, of the same mindset that the pope is an antichrist. So it would make sense that, Things that are important to God would not be important to this Pope. And uh, I guess this just cements that fact. So President Biden is a uh, he's the example of a good Catholic. Yeah. So that's pretty that. shameful. Yeah. Um, and then we just wanted to end it on here with Romans, because as we were kind of looking through all the news of the, the week, um, if you want to read this baby, Romans 1, 28 through... Uh, let's just read through 32. Yeah, it says, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, 
God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. That's Sounds a like long Pope list. Francis, huh? <laughs> Giving approval to those who practice them. But yeah, we are living in a Romans 128 led country. And uh, this is basically what you see from it. Transgendered ad- admirals, uh, sand flies eating beagles faces off for science, of course. Um, the Pope being, I guess, pro-abortion, pro-LGBTQ, and uh, pro-climate change. <laughs> And uh, I guess the only thing that's not in that equation is God in the Bible. So, um, yeah, it's just crazy. The news nowadays is just like you expect to just be uh, disappointed. The shocking thing would be to see something truthful and not so disgusting. Yeah, it would probably catch you off guard. Yeah. Uh, but again, like we read la- around uh, Wednesday, Pray for these people. Pray for this country. You know, as it says in Jeremiah, this is the land we've been given. um, And we can't just give up on it and, you know, throw our hands Mm -hmm. up. We still need to pray that God will put godly people in charge. Pray for the welfare of this nation because that's where our welfare will come from um, and stuff like that. So don't give up on it yet. And um, is there any last thoughts that you have before we end this episode? Uh, No. That's all we got, guys. Um, Stick around. We'll have something on. I want to have something on Sunday about Martin Luther and the Protestant Reformation, even if it's just a short episode, because I think it's worth remembering. And then Nikki will be back on Wednesday. Sure, doing a good episode. That is all we got for you guys. God bless. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers USBP. That's cbp.gov careers USBP.